Mental Illness Happy Hour. It is a great show. Yes. And it's now on Stitcher Premium. And uh, you've been on it. I have been on it. Yeah. It's a, it's a show about uh, it's about uh, depression and anxiety, which I certainly have, and uh, other mental challenges, which are uh, prevalent to people in the uh, in the creative world. We're sure. all a little bit nuts, aren't we? Hosted by comedian Paul Gilmartin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, Psychology Today calls the show, quote, remarkable mm-hmm. and normalizes what so many others feel but have been too fearful or ashamed to express. It is great. You just talk about the stuff that you go through. You get to listen to other people who you might already know, talk about what they go through. It might be what you're going through also. It's uh, it's nice. It makes you feel less alone in the world. Cathartic. Yep. I love it. You can find all the episodes of Mental Illness Happy Hour one year and older and ad-free only on Stitcher Premium. Mm-hmm. Go to stitcherpremium.com slash mentalpod and use the promo code homophilia for a free month of Stitcher Premium. Matt. Hello. Hi. Very good to see you, Dave. Great to see you, Matt. How are you? I'm proud. Yes. Prouder than I've ever been. It just in general or? Yeah, well, it's Pride Month. Oh. And it's Pride Weekend in oh. Los Angeles. Right now. Oh, my God. There's a festival. Happy Pride. There's a parade. Are we? Do we have a float? What are we doing? I, I don't think we do this year. No one's notified me. Yeah. Dana? Well, I mean, we could. Producer Dana? Are we what the hell? Be? She's scrambling and shuffling papers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, no float yet. Okay, next year. Oh, next, next year. year. Um, any any favorite pride traditions? You know, I, I, it, every year it has been like oh, like with my friends Aaron and Ryan, we will go, and the the visit has become shorter and shorter as yeah. we have grown out of it. Not uh-huh. really, you don't ever grow out of it, but you know, sure. I mean, I used to get very sloppy and well, really yeah. just dive in, yeah, balls first, but. Uh-huh. It's a difficult way it's to dive a, in. Yeah, and now I live in Eagle Rock. It's just a you know I'm in a, the sunset of my life. <laughs> I um, get it. I get so it. You kicked off Pride Week with the fun gay screening. Oh, I that did. I yeah, I wish I would have gone to. Yeah, me too. Seeing saw Alex Strangelove Alex out Strangelove. now on uh, Netflix. How was that? I enjoyed it. It's a fun movie. It is a. Uh, it is. Um, it's a lot of fun. You'll you'll like it. You'll I'm like excited. It. It's Love Simon, but. Um, but R-rated. Alt. Yeah. R- Love yeah. Simon. It's a Love Simon that my mother would not want to see. Oh. You know what I mean? One for us. There's one for us. And it seemed like yeah. this was a who's who of uh, all homophilia. I mean, listen. You know, you see a Joel Kim Booster. You see a wow. you see a, a future guest Drew Drogi. Wow. You see a uh, you see a, a Charles Rogers. Wow. You know all of them. All of them were there. All the, all all the luminaries. Wow. It was a lot of fun. I don't mean to brag. Look, I do a little I, bit. I mean to brag. But yeah, I would have gone. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Should have gone. Oh, should have gone. Yeah. Um, what's uh, what's your what I've, have I've, your viewing habits been? I've been podcasting my ass off, mm-hmm. as you know, your mm-hmm. review. Uh, also, yeah. I should uh, plug Lost and Found, which Very is exciting. now out. Uh, as can't. of this episode, we will have one out already, uh-huh. and we'll have another one coming. Episode one. So this is a miniseries I'm doing with Stitcher Premium, and uh, it's about adoption. It's me talking to other adoptees. Uh-huh. And episode one is with our beloved baby angel, Joel Kim Booster. Fantastic. And uh, episode two, which comes out next week, is with Leslie Grossman. Oh, 
who the Mary Cherry, yeah, the Mary Cherry, who oh is God, not only heard. an adoptive mom but is an adoptee herself. Oh wow! Okay, double threat, double triple threat, triple quadruple threat, double threat. Really, you, I have subscribed. I have not yet listened, but I mean. I'm anxious to. Yeah, go, have you, uh, I'm supposed to tell people to go to stitcherpremium.com slash found if there you'd you like go. to check out the show uh-huh. and use code found to get your free. This is not an ad, but it is. Okay, it's kind use of Use the ad. code found. You'll get a free month. Great. Anyway. Anyway. Um, what else is happening? Um, I'm furious at the Bachelorette. Oh, yeah. Walk me through this. Uh, the, the hottest guy who's ever been on that show. Oh, wow. In any iteration. She cast away cruelly on the first night. And this is jo- His name is Joe. Okay. His name is Joe. Okay. He's a grocer. He's a grocer. Oh, he's a star. He's a star in the making. He's What's gorgeous. What's so great about he, grocer Joe? Uh, he's, well, he's unbelievably hot, and he's kind of, he's a little awkward. He's kind of shy. Oh. You know what I mean? He's a little dorky. He always looks like, uh, like he's holding back a laugh. You know what I uh-huh, mean? Uh-huh. There's just, he's just, he's, he's adorable. He's intriguing and adorable. Do I follow him on Instagram and like all of his posts? Yes. Yes, I do. And how's he doing now post? Um, I mean, obviously, it's a little bit difficult. He just ran into the Bachelorette in Chicago on the street. That was Ooh. all documented on the Instagram. Wow. He's doing fine. He's doing fine. Like a gajillion followers, obviously, in the last two weeks. Great. I, I want him in paradise. I want oh, to see sure, him in paradise. Sure. That's all I have to say. And is he a grocer, meaning he has a grocery? He owns a grocery. He's okay. got a family grocery. Can you imagine anything better, Matt? I, I mean, a fellow with a grocery, a real job, I a will guy say who that. knows his way around the produce. Because most of them are like social media managers uh-huh. and those sure. kind of a, yeah. a slipperier job titles, yeah. hosts in waiting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, this guy's he's he's the real deal. He's got a big dumb accent. Oh, Becca, man. what the hell are you thinking, Becca? She kept the guy in the in the in the in the chicken suit who said Becca Becca. Because her sorry, name is Becca. What? Yeah. Oh, he came gross. in a chicken suit and he said "baka baka." And she kept him. And she left- kept him. Yeah. Wow. Twenty-five-year-old venture capitalist. What do you want with a, a venture capitalist in a chicken suit? Oh, this. So this, is this all a money thing? Is it because like grocer yeah. Joe wasn't rich enough? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Very God. sad. Well, she R. is tacky and phony. Grocer Joe. God damn! I haven't I haven't watched the second episode. You know what um, you should be watching what? is Killing Eve. Oh, I hear that's great on BBC America. It's fucking great. Okay. Uh, it's real, real gay. Yeah, okay. Uh, Sandra, uh, it's kind of like The Fall. Did you watch The Fall? A little bit. It? It's like that, but with two ladies. Oh, I see. A little cat and mouse game with Fun. an investigator and, a, and an assassin. Fun. Really funny. Um, been just plowing through that. All right, well, listen, it's Pride Week. Yes. And next weekend, we're going to be in Provincetown. Oh, my God, that's right. Oh, my God. If you're anywhere on the East Coast, mm-hmm. please come. Uh, just go to the uh, Provincetown Film Festival website yep. and yep. figure it out. Yeah. We'll be there June 16th. Something like that. Whatever that Saturday is. 2.30 in the afternoon. At the AMP Gallery. We're interviewing Christine Vachon. Oh, it's going to be incredible. Every fucking indie movie that you've ever liked or watched or pretended yeah. to know about. She's got her fingerprints on. is responsible for it. That's right. Uh, the uh, Our show is an approved activity of the Holy Cross LGBT Alumni Weekend. Oh, is that right? So we might get some uh, some Catholic uh, gay people. I keep... Wait, there. so are you telling... Your college is having yes. their LGBT Alumni Weekend at the yes. same time. Yes. Nearby. Yes. And you have not been invited to speak? Uh, no, I don't want to. I want you to. Though. I don't want to. Really? Really? Why? Because I want to enjoy my time. Oh no! I don't want to have things to do. I want to have nothing to do. I want to explore. 
right? I just want you to bask in the glory of being there. Oh, I'll be basking in the glory, but I'll just I'll be doing it, you know, at eye level. I don't need to be on stage. Okay, I'll be basking. Don't you worry about me. I'm glad we got their stamp of approval, Mm -hmm. whatever that means. Yeah, I don't really get it either, but uh, whatever. We'll see you in Provincetown. Hopefully, we'll see you there. Yeah, and we have a very. Prideful guest this week. Yes, indeed. He's taking notes. Yeah, no, I, know, I saw that. I'm nervous. Um, comedian Tony Tripoli is here after the break. Folks, we're back. We're back in To My Right and Two Dave's Left That's at correct. the throne the table. In a B. Arthur tank top uh-huh. and in some, I would say, dusty rose yeah, uh, cutoff. Pink, pink. cutoffs. Yep. Yeah, you can say pink. B is casting a, a disapproving glance over the proceedings. As am I. Yeah. Clearly. Because, can I just start with. Please. Can we say I'm that the, you're Tony Tripoli? I'm Tony the, Tripoli. Hello. Thrilled to be here. Bucket list. I'm the only one drinking the goddamn cold brew after listening to all these episodes of this uh-huh. podcast. <laughs> yes, well, I've learned my lesson, Tony. Could not wait. To get in on the cold brew, uh-huh. I'm the only one. What well, do you think it so is, far? It's delicious. It is everything you've said that it would be. I put some honey in it. Oh, boy. Uh, because you guys choice. don't have any fucking sweet and low because you're all super organic well, here at Earwolf, which I was oh, not yeah, yeah. expecting. You have literally organic lollipops. Yes. Uh, yeah. Just bullshit. Sure this is, yeah. Lollipops yeah, are absolutely there's nothing but delicious. Stevia. I'm sure they're yummy, but yeah, yeah stevia. That's so. We'll pick them right well, up. Well, we're recording this at like 6.30 p.m. It's bold of you to... <laughs> be cold brewing. I mean, I had to stop because yeah. I basically gave myself a heart condition. Well, I, th- I think my heart is racing because I've been here through the a whole first segment yeah. and not allowed to participate, yeah. which is like a certain kind of hell. Tony, what else are you watching? What are you loving? Boy, boy. I, you know, I've never been into The Bachelor or yeah. Bachelorette because I'm already on such a tenuous place with straight people right now in my life <laughs> that I just can't watch that particular flavor that of might them. turn you that all the way really, off. I would literally them. not be able to leave my house uh, until we take over, which we clearly are not. We got um, some work to do if we Yeah, are. no, yeah. I'm not. I'm really – I'm like, look, I love – my Rachel Maddow, like I'm MSNBC. Really, for me, Lawrence O'Donnell is He's really great, where right? it's at. Mm. I have a fantasy that Lawrence O'Donnell and Tim Gunn spend a weekend in P-Town where all they do is eat gin and just are the two most evil bitchy queens. And I'm sure he's actually hetero and probably has a wife. But, like, I just – he's still a bitchy queen. Yeah. Yeah, And I mean that only as the ultimate compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're just just silver-haired. And, you know, Tim Gunn – have you ever met Tim Gunn? He's an absolute treasure. Dream. He is so fun. I mean, we've had him on Fashion Police. He guest hosted a number of times. He's just really – exactly what you hope Tim will be yeah. mm-hmm. and every bit as sort of crusty and twitchy and yeah, proper yeah, yeah. but yet body with the in the right ways it just oh he's just a gentleman and I fun fun is. fun he's and filled with anger which is d- just delicious <laughs> mm-hmm. I did I make this up that he is celibate is that a he, fact? Yeah, he said in some interview that you know he's an incel basically <laughs> because he didn't plan it. Right, right. It just sort of just sort of happened, and then he got to a certain point, and like women of a certain age, he just said the ballroom is closed. He, oh, um, I see, I see. That's how I understood. I want to speak for Tim Gunn, but mm. I believe that's he does not have <laughs> yeah. a partner. <laughs> no. No, but he should. I want love for Tim Gunn. I yeah, mean, I do fuck. too. I do too. Did you see yeah. the? I just saw the Andre Leon Talley documentary. Ooh, how is it? 
Amazing, but again, it's like it's, it's similar to the um, who's the photographer from New York Times, and there was a great documentary uh, Bill about Cunningham. him, Bill Cunningham. It's like where are the where are the, the like the the gay guys over like say sixty who are happy? Because mm-hmm. I have not, I have yet to see. You know, it's mm. it is a bummer that yeah. someone can reach the like level of success uh, that like an Andre Leontali has, and he's lonely. I think he's having financial troubles. It's just like, how? oh, yeah. fuck. Really? If, really? If you aren't okay, then how? what hope is there for the rest of yeah. us? Yeah. I guess uh, the agitation drives him, though, right? Maybe? I, I don't know. Um, and again, fueled by anger. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, I think most of the best people are, whether they will admit it or not, is up mm-hmm. for debate. But, yeah, I mean, I think that he had a – can you imagine that childhood? Oh, yeah. That was fucking rough. I mean, he, I, he was just on, I don't know, Conan or one of those shows the other night – promoting that and he was like what about the signature look and he said something about like when he was like 12 he saw I can't remember what like Ugandan high priests running around in caftans and thought that's a great look I'm gonna do that Uh and like went to like the fabric store in his little podunk I don't know town and just was like I switched then and have been in caftan are you fucking kidding me you're in like Alabama or wherever Uh running around in essentially a dress being this big black queen like that's fucking balls man those people really are heroes Uh that they just fucking didn't pack it up yeah that they made it through their 30s so to get to 60s and fuck yeah man you should never have financial problems we need to we need to have a special retirement home for those people and just treat them like royalty we will i that's kind of that's how i want to Wind down my years. Yeah, yeah. In a like gay retirement, gay home? commune. Ooh. Well, when they were talking, you know, when there was all the talk of the the gay Golden Girls sitcom uh-huh. script that was going around, where they retire in Palm Springs, oh, and great. it was it was you know very much like so. I was always like, no, I want that show to be a retirement home for yeah old queers, and yeah. then like their friend, the lesbian that they kind of let in. You know what I mean? They <laughs> yeah, sort of yeah, grandfather yeah. her in, and like that's the world. I don't. I mean, I just I'm I'm having a real old people moment right now. Why is that? Because I think we're so quick. To, well, obviously, aging in the gay community is its whole big bag of bullshit. But as a, a stand up, I did a bunch of shows earlier this year in Puerto Vallarta, where you know, as most of you know, the audience is. Gay guys in their 30s and 40s, Mm -hmm. and then Canadians that have retired there in their, like, 80s and 90s. Uh And, you know, you get a couple nights of the show where it's all old Canadians, and you're like, oh, we're fucked. No, they're the best laughers. They've lived through everything. Those people lived through the 60s. They did all the drugs. They had every kind of – they've been in every hole. Like, there's nothing you can say – But they're old, so you feel like you need to be respectful, and they're going to be proper. No, and then and they're retired, and they're in Mexico, and they're drinking, and they're a little sunburned. Like they're letting loose. They're the best. Yeah. So I've really sort of rediscovered the elderly time of your life on these shows. By the way, I mean, I would think that you're getting so late on these trips. Um. I mean, yeah. No, it's a weird thing, and I think I, you know. I think you, if you talk to stand-ups about that subject in particular, most stand-ups, someone that only has seen me do stand-up, mm-hmm. I don't then I don't want to have sex with them yeah. because what they, the version of me that they think I am, 
is not who they're going to get. And they're going to be hugely disappointed that mm-hmm. I'm not running around with tambourines on my knees being cha-cha entertainment every yeah, fucking yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm actually pretty low-key and would rather just, you know what I mean, lay on yeah. the couch and watch some news. So when people only know me from that, it's like, no, that's yeah. that's very much like a drag queen who's like, uh-uh, any guy who hits on me in drag, that's not right. the guy because that's just – That's not what you're going to get. So, that, yeah. so no, I don't really – the shows don't nearly get you – the travel gets you laid. Now, that sure. you guys both do know. Sure. Um, that tra- travel gets you la- – I was actually in Cuba like two weeks ago. Oh, nice. Yeah, I went to Cuba and, and Puerto Vallarta because I love foreskin. And <laughs> I um, – well, it's where the protein is. So I'm just trying to do <laughs> – be healthy. But, uh, but no, and, and Cuba – you know, obviously it's communist. It's very, very – they keep them very poor. They make $40 uh, a month. And uh, – but the internet is a dollar an hour, which is not that much for us. But if you make $40 a month – and yeah. that's – if that's you're a doctor, yeah. if you're a surgeon, it's 40 bucks a month. And if you're a cash register at the gas station, $40 a month. Like uh-huh. it's very – so um, the, they, I saw online, I did a lot of research before I went because I'm white, and I was like, uh, they were like, anyone that wants to have sex with you, just know they're going to ask you for money. It's going to be a prostitute thing, and they're really good at it. Uh-huh. Just don't and, take it personally. And I was like, yeah, but not me. You know, yeah. like I've been where I've been doing Pilates. They're going to fall in love. Oh, no. So I had three sexes while I was there. By the way, the worst sexes of my entire life. What? That's not what you expect from Cuba. No. And, and and two of them asked for money after, even though the first thing we said in our conversations was, are you, if you're a worker, this is not, I'm not going to give you any money. Please, you're barking up the wrong tree. Mm. No, 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 totally not. And yeah. And then afterwards, I need $40 for food. And I'm oh, thinking, well, first of all, I've been here for four days, and I haven't spent more than $3 on a meal. So 40 I don't know where the fuck you think <laughs> you're eating. And then secondly, like, I've never been with a sex worker. I yeah. think it should be legal, and people should have it. That's just not appealing to yeah. me. But if I was going to be with one, it wouldn't be a $40 or, like, yeah. I would, you know, I would hope that it would be maybe someone with name brand recognition, sure. right? Sure. I mean, I have been on television, for Christ's sake. Oh, no. Speaking of which. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about your time at Fashion Police? Oh, your time absolutely. With, I don't even know. I mean, uh, how much time do we have? Like, how, what, what are your, like, let's just do, like, t- your, your favorite Joan anecdote. Well, I mean, you know, did, had you guys ever met her? No, never did. No. The greatest. The greatest. The mm-hmm. kindest. The sweetest. I mean, again, I was with her the last five years of her life. Uh-huh. She was a completely stereotypical old Jewish grandmother. Like, no lie. She would, her schedule was so fascinating because she was, you know, at the end when, look, my joke is when she died, she was 81, most of her. And so, (laughs) but no, she, 81 is, you know, a long life. And she, you know, lived in the big golden palace in Manhattan and then uh, was always there Sunday, Monday. Tuesday was usually like a QVC, which is outside of Philly day. Uh, And so she would limo the like two and a half hours to QVC. Work all day and then usually like like 36 hours and then get back like usually like around Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. Get on the Wednesday like 6 a.m. flight out of New York. Get in at like 1 here Jesus. in L.A. And I'm waiting at Melissa's house for her when she gets to the house with the Fashion Police book. So she has not seen one photo, nothing. I mean whatever she's maybe seen if Kim Kardashian had a tit fall out the night before. Maybe she saw yeah, that yeah. outfit but really nothing. 
<clears throat> and so then I would have the binder with here's what we have in the show and, and this is the order. Um, and then here's a million jokes and, you know, what do you respond to? Yeah. And, you know, I got pretty good pretty quickly at going, oh, I think Joan is going to love this or hate it. But the sort of dirty little secret about Fashion Police was I would say to Joan, do you love this or hate it? And she'd say, which has better jokes? Like, Mm -hmm. she was a whore for the laugh. Like, she was going to make anything work. She was not throwing away a good joke just because it didn't line up with her values. You know, she was going to find a way. And so, um, so then we would, you know, she would pick the jokes she likes, and then we would just start rewriting everything. And we mm-hmm. would stay up until about one in the morning, midnight, one in the morning, just Joan and I and a girl who started out as a PA named Brianne Trosi, who just would just transcribe. And that's it. And occasionally, there were all these things that, you know, my job was to make sure that the 80-year-old woman knew about these pop culture things that she wouldn't have known Cardi B or right. – like mm-hmm. I, had to, I had to explain to her what Bukaki was. <laughs> oh, God. It's not a super comfortable conversation to have with Joan, but she was into it. And and she was like, wow, you guys do that so much now. You have to have a name for it, which I think is kind of the best response. Um, I had to play her like the dick in a box video, which Uh she loved. She was like, play it again. So like Brienne would maybe Google something once in a while. But other than that, she was sort of silent after Joan died. That girl went, and she's now a VP at Funny or Die. She's like she running wow. because just from being in the room with Joan Rivers, this girl. This is the best yeah, training ground. She knew everything have. about comedy and producing. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, we'd be up till about midnight or one rewriting everything and just getting. Joan would say things to you like, that punchline needs two more syllables in it. Wow. Because – it was jazz to her. Everything was rhythmic. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make sense until you think back to the way she spoke. And then you're like, oh, of course. Like, she was sort of a percussion instrument. Uh-huh. And she would just go, I don't, it, it just, I need two more syllables. Yeah. And we'd fucking figure out a way to get two more syllables in there without, you know what I mean? Or yeah. sometimes she'd be like, I need, you have to cut one syllable. Wow. Well, you know, it's, it's English, honey. I'm limited by grammar. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so yeah, that was, and then she would lie down. For about three hours, I would go home and shower and shave and then drive over to the studio and meet her there. And I met her there at like 3.45 or 4 in the morning, and that we started our hair and makeup. I mean, obviously, uh, her hair and makeup sure. was not a quick process. Uh, it was, you know, I used to say we did the first layer and put her in the kiln. And then, but no, but she, and so there was about four and a half hours there where she was in the makeup chair. And she would push them all away and be like, give me the Rihanna jokes again. And we would mull and she would, I want to do this one first. And mm, I still don't love that one. There's something funnier. And okay, go back. And they would start working on her face mm-hmm. again. You like the chisels and stuff. And then, you know, she'd shoo them away and be like, wait, wait, wait. I had an idea for like, that was her process as well. The makeup was happening, much like a drag queen sure. while getting into the persona. Then she would have these ideas and stuff. And so about 8.30 in the morning, she would literally spin the chair around like Joan Crawford in the opening scene of the movie <laughs> and go, let's go. And we would walk to the set and, you know, and then she would just barrel through and we'd tape the episodes in like two hours, maybe two and a half, and would very rarely go. I mean, it was shot basically live to tape. Yeah. Um. The, she wouldn't let the network cut any jokes unless it was legal. Legal could cut things because that no one can bargain with. Right. But I will say we had an amazing gay guy lawyer 
I won't say his name because I don't want him to get in trouble for this. But he told me at the very beginning, I'm a huge Joan fan. You know, I'm a gay guy. She means so much to us. So I really, really want you to get jokes through as much as possible. Like, which I heard with like, wink, wink. Uh Mm -hmm. And so if you've ever worked on any kind of a network project, you know that they just redline things and that's the end. There's Mm -hmm. no back and forth. But he would redline things and be like, but if you had said it more like... My nail girl heard that, da-da-da, then I could allow it. And he really taught me over that first couple of months what the legal sort of parameters were. And that Mm -hmm. just the minutia, the real gray areas, what he was willing to be comfortable with. Yeah. And so very quickly we got down to we were having like maybe one joke a week cut for legal reasons, Uh which are you cannot imply drug use or um, homosexuality. Wow. With, and those are like the two verbo- <laughs> oh, absolutely God. not yeah, the God most litigious. Either of those things. I know, imply. as if those are the most, yeah. you can imply anything else, and that's faha, it's a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's it's so cool. I mean, your 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 time with her specifically in like that era of fashion police was so great. It ju- mm. I just remember it coming on to the radar to not just like fashion queens and people who would normally watch E, right, right, but right. it was just the comedy world. It was like, it it started as this kind of like well kept secret like so, like the some of the best jokes on TV are happening on Fashion Police. Yeah, I mean I'm super proud of it, and I can't take credit. I mean I was the the head writer, I was exec, a co executive producer by the end. But I mean Joan, I met her so randomly. I was mm-hmm. working on another show at E called The Dish, which was the girl version of The Soup mm-hmm. with Danielle Fischel, yeah. and um, I got a call from the E. Uh, PR department and they were like they had no idea that I was in the building like they don't fucking know and they were like hey we got your number from Mitch Silpa oh, wow. Joan we're bringing back Fashion Police with Joan Rivers and she didn't like any of the promos we wrote and she told us to get three gay guys to Melissa's house tomorrow and that she would come <laughs> up with better and Mitch can't do it and he gave us your name Wow. so I owe Everything to Mitch Silva, oh who is God. a treasure and a brilliant comedian, and you should yeah. watch him on Nobody's and, and anything else he's yeah. in. Um, and uh, and because he was booked, I got to go in his place. And uh, after about ten minutes of, I stayed up all night. You know, promo jokes. The first thing that I ever said that Joan laughed up was "Fashion Police." Just because it zips doesn't mean it fits, right? Mm. Like that was like a promo little thing. And she laughed. And after about ten minutes. The other people, the other two guys hadn't really pitched anything. They hadn't really mm-hmm. said anything. And Joan called me into the kitchen, and I was like, this is going to be so great. And that, that thing as you're walking with someone where you start to replay things in your mind, and you're like, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Maybe they didn't pitch anything because I haven't let anyone else talk. <laughs> oh, God, maybe I'm about to be no. reprimanded by my childhood hero who I've never met. And, you know. And we got in the kitchen, and she did little. She had one of the swinging doors on Melissa's kitchen, you know, like on an old sitcom. And it kind of went walk, 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 and it stopped. And she put her bony little old lady finger in my in my face, and she goes, "You're my new head writer." Wow! And she knew in ten minutes that I could tap into her, like whatever her language, and just she saw something 
I don't know what she saw, but she, and I mean, when I drove down the hill from the Palisades and got a signal back on my cell phone, I called my parents and said, oh my God, I spent the day with Joan Rivers and she, you know, says she's going to give me a job and it's never going to happen. But by the time I got home, E had called and said, so apparently you're the head writer on this show. uh, So we need you to come in and sign paperwork tomorrow. She just laid her dick on the table and said, this is happening. And every raise I ever got with that company was because Joan just stopped and called like a president or a VP and just yeah. said, by the way, we need a raise for Tony. Like the, wow. she really was, was fiercely protective of me. Wow. Um, there's a million more things I want to ask you about her and mm-hmm. yeah. other stuff, but uh, we should probably take a break. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, BRB. Well, This episode of Homophilia, my friends, is supported by the new Broadway production of the groundbreaking Boys in the Band celebrating its 50th anniversary. This is a strictly limited engagement starring the most exciting cast on Broadway, including four-time Emmy Award winner Jim Parsons, mm-hmm. Emmy nominee Zachary Quinto, Golden Globe winner Matt Bomer, oh, your, your personal friend, yeah. and two-time Tony Award nominee Andrew Rannells. Uh-huh. The New York Times said the boys in the band is a gripping experience, often screamingly funny. And the AP says it's one of the few plays that can honestly claim to have helped spark a social revolution. Uh, it is history, my friends, and it's happening right now. Uh, this new production of Mark Mark Crowley's landmark work is directed by two-time Tony Award winner Joe Mantello. It's now playing on Broadway. Strictly limited engagement through August 11th. Tickets are available at boysintheband.com. Yeah. It's Pride Month, my friends. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Woo-hoo. And in honor of Pride Month, each week we're going to let you know about a different show right here on Earwolf that you might not have heard before. Starting with a show called Query. Yeah. Which is intimate conversations between host and stand-up Cameron Esposito. Maybe you've heard of her from episode one of Homophilia. One of the greats. She sits down with the brightest luminaries of the LGBTQ plus family. Uh Uh-huh. We're talking Margaret Cho, Lena Waithe, Jill Soloway, Roxanne Gay, Tegan, and Sarah. The show explores individual stories of identity and personality and the shifting cultural matrix around gender, sexuality, and civil rights. It's great. Celebrate Pride Month with Earwolf and subscribe to Query now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Guys, we're back. We're back with Tony Tripoli. And I'm going to restrain myself from asking a million more Joan questions and yeah. fashion police questions and yeah. stuff because we have to talk about you and specifically wow. your love life. Yep. Oh. What you doing with it? Um, well, so, okay. So I lived here in L.A. for 30 years and then just last summer as fashion police that we found out that was going to end mm-hmm. uh, in October, um, I was like, oh, you know, I just done 10 years – nonstop, you know, on television shows, so grateful to have the work. I'm so blessed, so lucky. But, you know, when Joan passed, she had three television shows on the air mm-hmm. and I was opening for her on the road and, you know, writing like the tweets and the, you know, and then she's another amazing writer named Larry Amrose who really wrote all the books and then, and with her, but, you mm-hmm. know, and so it, but it was just like a lot. And so, you know, at that point it was, you know, it's coming up. This is going to be four years. She's gone. Can wow. you believe that? That this wow. September 4th, it's four years already? That's crazy. Because, I mean, not to be funny, like you think about the things that she missed in that four years, mm-hmm. and it just – the thing that I miss the most is when you would get a news blast, a TMZ yeah. update on your phone, 
and it would be, you know, Kim Kardashian is going to the White House, right? Uh, my yeah, first thing I would do, take. I would stop my life, pull over and three or four jokes and call her and be like, oh my God, TMZ just did this. Here's a couple jokes. And we would have like an old fashioned kiki. Yeah. Over these like news up, you know what I mean? So that then when she got out of her limo, she was uh, loaded. Uh-huh. And so I still, it's weird because you never forget that someone is no longer around. I mean, come on, that's yeah. silly. But there are times when a something will happen and the joke will just pop into my head. And I go, I can't call her and give her this joke. Yeah. Like that's when I get really she sort of sad about boss her. To you. I mean, oh God, no, 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 no. I have her ashes. Oh, wow. At my house. Are you serious? I literally thought about bringing them today. Oh, my God. But I was like, I'm flying southwest. And if they lose <laughs> uh-huh. a bag, with, no. with, how do you write that on an insurance form? <laughs> yeah. You've lost Joan Rivers' remains yeah. in this, you know, it's it, whatever. So um, so come to Phoenix. But, yeah. No, she was she was so just great and just generous and filthy and funny. And and I uh, – the worst I've ever bombed in my whole career was I did a gay cruise and uh, Bianca Del Rio was the cruise director. And this mm-hmm. was many years ago before Drag Race, before her appearance on Drag Race. And Julie Goldman, who I've known but didn't re- – I met her that week, was uh, one of the other comics. And they put me on at 6 p.m. after a tea dance from uh, three to six. Oh, shit. And this, it wasn't a buyout of like a whole ship like the the big company does. This was a smaller company. And they would have like a two or 300 person gay group. And they just had the atrium on the back of the ship. And so we were in Belize and it was like 108 degrees. And they're in this glassed atrium. And it was basically a group of 200 bears. Okay. Oh which is awesome. And, uh, so it was 200 bears in this little glass room in 100-degree heat dancing for two hours. And then just at 6 o'clock straight up, full sunlight, the little Filipino, Filipino DJ just like literally record scratch. And now the comedy of Tony Triple E. And they literally – 200 bears on the dance floor turned around and went, no! Oh like oh, That was my fucking intro. So no. it was – the worst I've ever bombed. It was all of these sort of heavy set, sweaty guys. The room was completely fogged in the glass. It's just just dripping inside. It's oh so hot and humid in there. And they're like, they sit down, they make them take seats, and they're literally like, yeah, okay, go ahead. Like they're huffing and puffing and like not listening. Yeah. They were not enjoying Ooh. me. And Julie Goldman and Bianca Del Rio are standing in the back of the room and they're the only laughs you hear. Oh, and it became uh, that thing where when you're bombing, other comics think that's the funniest thing in the world. And it became very clear three minutes in that I was going to do 45 minutes that were going to be torture for these this audience. Oh, yeah. So at that point, you just go, well, how badly can I make this go? Because uh-huh. now I've got these strangers that I'm now friends with for life. And that's literally why I love... Roy and and Julie because they sat there. I mean, at one point they were lying on the ground with their legs up like dead bugs, oh just screaming out loud. Like yeah. I went into like AIDS material, like stuff that you wow. just should not. Because yeah. at that point it was like, let's just burn this fucker to the ground sure. and then just enjoy the the glow. Yeah. So um, I was telling Joan that you know I I had another gig that was all 
for gay guys. And I was like, I don't, I don't understand why gay audience, I, that should be like the easiest gig yeah. for me. And gay men really, I, I really struggle. I love lesbians. I will perform for free and for any fucking lesbian event. Fucking find me on TonyTripley.com. If you need a comic, I will, I'll do it for free. I love the lesbian community so much. And all this bullshit about they're not good audiences and they don't laugh is a goddamn lie. If you're funny, they fucking laugh their asses off. So, uh, but, but gay men, are just with for me they don't really they it's a challenge and i said to joan oh i'm really dreading this gig this week and she spun around in her chair and put her finger don't you ever bitch about a gig if someone is willing to write you a check for you to come and do your stupid little jokes then you put a smile on your face and you show up early and you do as many minutes as they asked for and you say thank you and get your check and get the fuck out like she, she was really, wrong. really offended that I was complaining about a gig coming up that weekend. And yeah, it is. It's true. So, so yeah. So you moved. Uh, You're in, in Phoenix. So I moved to Phoenix. That's yeah. where I'm originally from. Yep. And I have three small nieces and I've never got to live with them. And so for this last sort of eight months, I would like pick my niece up from school every day at three o'clock. Oh my and God. Yeah. I have a three and a four year old niece and a 13 year old niece. So uh -huh. it's been super cool. And. My sister's house is like two minutes away. Yeah. My m mother and father, we're, I mean, they're not married. We're not Amish. But like both of my parents live close uh -huh. and it's really good boundaries. No one just shows up unannounced. Great. You know what I mean? Like yeah. mom will text and be like, hey, I want to print something on your printer. Is it now good or should I wait till tomorrow? No, come over, girl. Like it's really, it's been really great. And what's the dating scene like there? Um, I will say that Phoenix, Arizona has guys every bit as hot as L.A. Yeah. With so much less of the L.A. Instagram bullshit, mm -hmm. phony. I mean, it's happening there. I mean, we can't escape it now. But um, so that's great. But there's still the ghosting. It is just like it's crazy. Like I've been single for 10 years now. All right. So I've not dated anyone seriously in 10 years. Mm -hmm. And in that 10 years, I have just seen the, the ghosting as like, that's a real recent this last like three years. We're talking ghosting meaning like you've, you've already Like you go out, out with somebody out once then... or twice, you have sex, whatever. And then suddenly, like as, as they're leaving, it's like, oh, we should do something maybe Thursday. Yeah, yeah, let's play, touch base Thursday, whatever. The, and then you're, hey, is tonight still good? No response ever again. That's so weird. Just disappear. Wow. And yeah. uh, look, I'm sure I'm... I've become yeah, yeah. even you've, you've been more impossible and less appealing to be with as I've aged. But I, this is how I'm talking to other single people about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's like that. They've really turned up the volume on that. Like people don't have any guilt about just full on fucking ghosting you now. So that is. They're just in their mind. They're just swiping left on you. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everything is impermanent these days. Yeah. Like. There's an endless supply of new. Mm -hmm. And so. I did. I saw this volcano, so now I'm gonna hike the next mountain. Uh -huh. Is that? Did I just? Sure. Did I insult myself That's, or overly compliment myself? Yeah. I'm not even sure. Either way, it's all about the magma. But uh -huh. uh, I, it, no, I, it's weird. Yeah. So it's. I do think that gay men, particularly white gay men, uh -huh. and I can say this in a room of entirely white gay men. No offense, Dana. Um, I think we're really at a mean place right now. I think that we know straight white people as a group, broad strokes, are angry and feel like things are being taken from them right now and they don't want to share and boo-hoo-boo-hoo. -hoo. 
Mm, I think the white gays are also having a weird, yeah. like, this whole, what you see people on their fucking grinder profiles with, you know, like, whites only or no Asians or any of that, like. That's still happening? And more than ever. And, I mean, I just literally just fry people. As soon as I just see that, I'm like, I, I just have to stop by and tell you how disgusting that is. And Ooh. this is fucking 2018. And we're, we need to, as white people, need to be focused on protecting the freedoms of these other disenfranchised groups. And you're going to literally put that in. You took the time to type that. And at least have the savviness to like sit on your racism a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, quiet. how hard yeah, is it to ignore else. someone that doesn't appeal to you? Or when they say hi or wolf or whatever people say, you just block. I mean, that's yeah. pain-free ghosting. But why do you need people to know? Like you're proud of it. Like yeah, you're getting you rid of some anger. Flag? We're not processing our anger in healthy ways right now. Watch Pose, scream into a pillow, like get it out. <laughs> but do don't take it out do. on real humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think, yeah. I think we, we're just not thinking of each other as full people. Anymore. Yeah. And that's the thing trade. about Cuba. That yeah. I, when, I met, when I said that the internet's a dollar uh, an hour there, they're not a phone culture. They don't look at screens ever. Most Cubans go on the internet maybe 10 minutes a day. So everywhere I went, speaking very little Spanish, every restaurant or bar you go to, you meet the most interesting people that maintain eye contact and are still conversationalists because they do that there. And it really is like going back in time. And so for that reason alone, I really want Americans to go and visit Cuba because Mm -hmm. you can't – I cannot overstate how profound that shift is inside you when like day two comes around and you're like, I'm exhausted from talking. Uh I can't believe how much I've just conversed with street. And and then it just becomes so – exciting and invigorating and that was the that was the thing that was sad about leaving i haven't even been i feel like i haven't been to a gay bar in ages but i would imagine that if you're going to the everyone's abbey on Saturday here, no one's not on their phones so everyone is on grinder in the gay bar like it's so weird what have we become and i know that's fine pendulum swing and yeah wow it's, but it's rough dating is really rough right now so that's and so I, yeah. what was what what happened 10 years ago what, was was there a, a significant breakup? Um, there was, and I don't think that it I, – I mean, look, it was hideously painful at the time. I have to say we had only been together for like four months. Mm. So it was very, very short. But I knew after our first date, oh, I just got hit by a train. Oh, this wow. is it. This is the thing that happens to people and then they write songs, right? Like mm. that was – I was in it. And and it was intense and really great and, and, and super fantastic. And then – on our first – the bottom – look, the short story is on, the, on uh, the night before Valentine's Day. He was like, look, on our first date, when I came to your house, your passwords are on a Post-it not next to your computer. I wrote them down. And every day I've been going in your emails and reading every incoming and outgoing email. I'm positive I'm going to find something. And I never have. But now I've become crazy and I'm just checking your emails three or four times a day and like Holy really – I'm like, yeah, stalking my own boyfriend and having all this weird trust shit. And I just know tomorrow I'll find it. And it's – I'm – he's like literally I've become someone else and I'm a crazy person and I have to get out of this. Wow. And so it was, you know, like really sad and I was really – hurt about it but I don't I didn't think then oh well now I'm broken for life like that was the one where so I don't think that it's that but I will say I'm 48 years old 
I've done everything for myself. I've lived alone my entire adult life. I do everything the way I like it. And anyone even trying to do stuff for me, like, I don't like it when I'm sick. I don't want anyone to come over and yeah. do my laundry or make me suit. No, like, you don't do it right. And then I have to, like, so I feel like, oh, have I just become such an old grump <laughs> that I'm just impossible? I can't uh, negotiate things. I can't, like, could I, if I got hit by that train again tomorrow, would I be able to make the allowances one makes to be part of a twosome? Right. I, I mean, I think I could, but yeah, but that, you, you that's don't know my painful confession. What do you what do you look for when you're? Mm, you mean like physical type? Like what are the Any, things anything, that? Yeah, like what's what um, factors into your decision? To I like big somebody? toothy smiles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that people that smile without showing teeth—that's hmm. all you need to know about them. Mm-hmm. That's like someone who's rude to the waiter on a first date, and mm-hmm. you're like, "Do you not? You don't think I'm maybe looking at everything you're doing and to figure right. out who you are? Like you don't think that's a so? Yeah, someone who like smiles at everything without showing their teeth or laughs at a joke without making a sound. I'm like, uh-huh. okay, you have a weird control thing that's yeah. not going to work for yeah. me. Like I can't I can't be that repre- like that all the time. Like what's fun about a relationship for me is finding that person that you can lose control with and not be guarded with. We walk around especially here in Los Angeles, you're walking around trying to be that version of yourself just all the time. Yeah. I want a person, <clears throat> excuse me, that I can be like I am with my dog. Uh-huh. Mm. Right? Yeah. Wow. So that I, resonates. yeah. So what I respond to, you know, you see it in someone's smile and their eyes. I mean, you know, you're yeah. someone whose eyes never, ever spark or twinkle, mm-hmm. no matter what you say. Uh-huh. Like, oh, what's your favorite food? And they're like, well, I really love spaghetti. And you're looking at dead eyes going, you don't care about spaghetti at all. <laughs> Yeah. Like you're incapable of yeah, you're, you're just joy. Alive. Like I don't care if it's the nerdiest. I, I collect anime, porcelain doll action. Your fucking Wizard of Oz miniature collection. Oh, yeah. oh, I would uh-huh. still have a boner over that because it's just something where you're like, I geek out over this thing. All that's right. the thing that I lose my facade yeah. over. That That's what I want to know in a first meeting with someone. Uh-huh. Like before we get to, oh, we should go out. Like you meet people that are hot. But then it's like, I want to know, okay, what's the thing where you are like, this is my, I'm not even attractive. When I get into RuPaul's Drag Race, I become this other. Or when I'm talking about, like, that's interesting. Yeah. And when you, how different is it when you come back to LA? Are you still, will you still get on Grinder, meet up? Um, I mean, I'm only, this trip, I'm just here really, really quickly. Um, but uh, no, I mean, yeah, but I, that's the thing about traveling, like for stand-up is yeah. you obviously turn on, like I have only ever done Grinder. I've never been on like Scruff or whatever. I tend to not, like I don't like the 25-year-olds with the big old like beards. Mm-hmm. I don't like, a be- look, I like beards. I think beards are certainly fun. But those big, long beard. first of all, I don't understand young people that try to look like old people or try to I look Amish. It. Like people that are like in the city, like they've literally never been Camping, but they look like an Amish farmer. Like that, I just go bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also just feel like I don't know what your beard's going to smell like. I Mm -hmm. feel like you could dip it in hot water and make soup, and that (laughs) is a problem for me. Like that just keeps me out. It's whatever. Um, 
but, and I'm not going to put it in my grinder profile, though. No beards. I'm not that big a hypocrite. Um, <laughs> You're just going to block those but, beards. Oh, they're yeah. dead to me. So they're gone. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, L.A., no. I don't notice the, the people in L.A. I just don't want to run into someone that I used to have grinder relationships with. I have a question. Yes. I know that's not my job to come well, and ask no, questions. We're loosey-goosey. We have so often, as listeners and fans of your podcast, uh, heard mention of this uptick that happens to single guests after yes. appearing. I want to qu- I want the, some the numbers. Like, what are, yeah, yeah. Well, I want to talk about it. the homophilia bump. Well, first of all, people are going to fo- – I mean, I'm sure they already are, but they're going to follow you at, on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter at- or Facebook. Just okay. Tony Tripoli, super no easy. No Instagram. I'm too fucking old for Instagram, and so are you. Stop that. It's no, just, absolutely It not. is. I don't want to see pictures of people's lunch and the thirst and the fucking the thirst traps. At, le- at least on Twitter, someone might post some embarrassed swimsuit photo. But then at least maybe there's some like some text. But right. on Instagram, it's just a couple of ha- – it's, you know, Insta Life and hashtag model. And mm-hmm. I can't – I just can't but with But you don't Instagram. have to follow those people. That's true. Or I have an Instagram, but I literally haven't even okay. been on it in like a year. So people should follow you on Twitter, and are the DMs open? I don't know what that means, but I would assume so. I, I mean, people will show you how. I, I think people, yeah. Make sure it's open. So people yeah, yeah. Can slide in there. Slide right in. Every time I post something shitting on our president, I get a lot of Russian bots oh. in my DMs yeah, sending hate. So yeah, they well, must be open. A lot of them are our fans. Yeah, yeah. So a lot we'll of cars from them too. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, we can't give you raw numbers. That is proprietary information. Oh, but okay. uh, but I mean, it's real. But I, you're going to notice it. Because I'm so – I am going on this iced coffee. Uh-huh. So there's a, a lucky man is going to take advantage of this. Talk about like your relationship history and stuff. They, they feel like they have gotten to a vulnerable place with you. I, and I think it, oh. it feels – for a listener, it feels a little safer to just slide into the DMs and – Try to count. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I'm super. Look, I live in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> How fucking approachable is that? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just fucking shout out. Say hi. Great. Well, when they do, please let us know. Where do you hang out? Where do you lurk in, uh, in Phoenix? Uh, this is so boring, but with the nieces. Okay. So no. literally, I'm at, we have a, pl- do, we have, do you have Blaze Pizza here in LA? I think no. you probably do. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you go like down to convince, like you, like a subway, like you get oh. the crust and then you put whatever you want on it. Oh, I think it's super yeah. good for it. And like then it cooks in three minutes. Oh. It's this super hot Yum. and it's literally my favorite pizza in Yum. Phoenix. But I can, I'm always with my dog. My dog goes everywhere with me. Mm-hmm. And so I can take Bingham and the nieces love it because they get to pick and build, even though all they ever get is black olives. But we play the game. Sure. We go down the aisle. And, uh, and so, you know, that's a big hangout. And literally there's like the, the mini golf arcade that I used to go to as a kid, my nieces are obsessed with right now. Oh, and, cute. And sweet tomatoes. Well, it's soup plantation here in LA, oh, but oh, it's yeah, sweet yeah. tomatoes in other states. And so- that's like our jam, you guys. I, I enjoy soup pl- plantation. I you know love a soup plantation. Oh, now you know where to find him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you what a member of Club Veg? I'm not. Dave, I'm come not. on. I'm not. I haven't been in a very long time, but I do yeah. like the soup plantation. Well, they're, they're closing them. You know, they're hard in L.A. And getting someone to go with you in L.A., people act like that's so beneath them. <laughs> no. It's, here. It's, it's the place it's to be. a perfect so place. Uh, what do you get in your place, Pizza. Uh, I get pepperoni and uh, mushroom, and then they have a spicy 
mm-hmm. red, you know, sauce uh-huh. that I get not on the pizza, but I get a side you and then dip. I dip. Yeah. Dip a real. I like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I, like I have to fresh. ask you, I mean, only in so much as yeah. you're comfortable, where are you at with Kathy Griffin? Um, that, you know, look, people, look, we have a law, everyone knows the history or they don't know and whatever. There it's, is a history. Let's just Oh, yeah, that. yeah. I mean, well, look, I've, I've been, I had been friends with her for 10 years, yeah. the first realist, the first season of the reality show, all that stuff. And then we just, you know, stepped away. She just was getting, just, she, she's not the only hugely talented, hugely famous person who is also just a hideous, toxic monster <laughs> of a person. She didn't invent that. Right, it's right. Fun. It's There's a lot of people like that. But what I will say is she's, she really is so, so parallel to Trump in so many ways because she just will reframe things and then just stick with that lie. And again, the people it believe it. Like this whole idea that she's blacklisted in Hollywood – just because of a picture that she did a year ago. And that, and you're just like, really? Because I, you've not guested on one sitcom in a decade. Mm-hmm. Like, where, wh- who, when were you the neighbor on Modern Family? When were you running the competing diner on Two Broke Girls? Like, that never, like, no one in town has wanted to work with her, would allow her on a set mm-hmm. because of the reputation for so long before this to then reframe it all as, I'm this victim. I mean, it's very shrewd and very smart. It's yeah. just not based in, you know, fact. I mean, it, you, how, when, when did you ever see her in a movie as the bitchy, the bitchy flight attendant? Mm-hmm. And who would be funnier yeah. than her? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? As much as I think that she's a toxic human being, she's so funny. Yeah. So talented, really. And that's okay. That's, you know, not everyone needs to be a nice person. Uh-huh. In real life, that she makes a lot of people happy. So you're going to dinner with her for me? Is that <laughs> what's happening next? Uh, yeah, we're going to Blaze. We're going right. to Soup Plantation, <laughs> where we will eat a lot of Jones Broccoli Madness. Nice. Oh. Mm. Tony. Um, Tony, this has been a ride. Hey, man, thanks. I, I Literally, I can't say it enough. Such a fan Thank of the you. podcast. You're so nice. You guys are I'm so such great. a fan of you. Dave Holmes never met you before. So exciting. exciting. I'm Dana. so glad to meet you. Dana, Dana we're all a huge fan of I you. I wish people could see the smile on this girl. Gorgeous. So Gorgeous. adorable. I don't mean to sexually harass you. You have so much more value than what I can see across a room. Obviously, you're smart and beautiful. But the rack, the smile, the sparkly eyes. She is giving eyes. you a toothy smile. Oh, Absolutely. it's everything I like. Mm-hmm. If you, you know. Yeah. Tony um, Tripoli. Tony, Tony, Tony. Do you feel like we, we, we did it? Do you feel sad? you feel like you got the full homophilia experience? So much fun. So much. Oh, you know what? what? I, this is what I want to say to oh, the homophilia boy. audience. Okay. Because, I again, I'm so mad at straight people right now. Why isn't every ad agency in America staffed exclusively with LGBTQ people mm. And we'll also say black and brown people that mm-hmm. don't identify as the LGBTQ because they also have been code switching their entire lives as a survival mechanism. Mm-hmm. This, these people know how to market to anyone at any time better than anyone. No gay ad agency is going to dare like try to license Tina Turner's Simply the best mm. for the Applebee's two for ninety nine <laughs> steak fat. Like, do you see that yeah, commercial? Yeah. Oh, Every yeah. time I see that, I want to light my head on fire. It makes uh-huh. me so like. You can if you're Applebee's, you, we'll get you like Selena Gomez maybe, <laughs> but we're not. 
We're not getting no. Tina Turner. No, That's just Tina. right. Like I want gays to just start with advertising. Yeah. Let's choose that and just take that over. And then there will be a trickle down effect yes. throughout the culture. Uh-huh. I really feel like that belong. That should belong to us. Yeah. So if you're young, if you're starting out. Mm-hmm. Advertising, marketing, great. Yeah, it's Public not about, relations. and not everything's about coding, kids. No, it's not about writing code. <laughs> go, go, be a madman. Yeah, it's a valuable skill, but you can do other things. Yeah, you can do other things. All right, Tony Tripoli, thank you so much. Oh boy! Wow, Tony Tripoli! Wow, 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 Tony Tripoli! Okay, I mean, I'm just going to level with our guests. Yes, the mics went off. The dish really kicked up. Oh, I did mean, we got ever. 20 minutes of exclusive dish that would get us sued out we would go of business. Straight to queer jail. Oh, in a heartbeat God. for the, the dish that we just got. By the way, um, some of it we had to cut out because it was just too dishy. That, that was the stuff you said on, uh, like, on yeah. Mike. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, oh, boy. Okay. So listen, if you see us out in the wild, buy us a drink. Maybe we'll tell you something. Yes. And if you are in actually anywhere, follow Tony uh, around the country. Go yeah. fucking see him on stage. He's an amazing stand-up comic. Super funny. Super funny. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Dana. Thank you, Earwolf. Thank you, Ben Wise, for the music. Thank you, ben, for the music. Uh, thank you for listening. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Be proud of yourself. God damn it. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Dave. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> Ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.